Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Red Rysdam, joined again by Don Pizzette, who, Don, I, w- I was telling you before we started, there were more comments on last week's episode about your background than any of the actual tech news that we mentioned. Well, I, I just assumed people would be asking whether or not I was even truly here because, you know, this could just be a deep fake uh, with like <laughs> an AI chatbot running and, and I don't even have to do anything anymore. That'd be great. We, I think we, I'm, I know we have enough footage and audio of Dom Absolutely. to produce a deep fake. <laughs> why haven't we worked on this? I yet? don't know. Because I could totally have, do that. Yeah, we could have him saying anything. We yeah. Want. And then we stuff. could have him saying anything we want. It, yes. <laughs> Don, if, if you want it to sound realistic, though, you have to follow the formula, right? Take a great new technology and explain why it's crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's easy. <laughs> we got you down. We could probably just play recordings of you doing that. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you use any uh, verbal passwords in any of your sites <laughs> that we could turn that in? Oh, all of them. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Like verbal passwords right now, and, and the, breath. The well, sneakers. On they do have... they deep fake the voices, or is it just uh, the video? I think they do the voices. And then they get voice actors. Oh, they, they absolutely have the voices, right? Because uh, they keep taking dead artists and making them say things. Um, but I thought they were using, like, voice actors. No. To, that, for, so to do the, 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 the verbal. Uh, there, there was just a movie that was about somebody, like, uh, David Bowie or somebody where they, they is he put, dead? Yeah, yeah, and he, he and they, they took a bunch of voice samples and had him. Uh, no, it was uh, Kurt Cobain that really? he had written a letter, and they they did the deep fake thing across his voice and had his computer voice read the letter, so it sounded like oh, him. Oh, that's but it actually crazy! Wasn't him. And out here, Stephen Hawking was using. Yeah, he's got this. Like guy. He so had... from what I understand, he actually has been offered many times. Oh, like, better, better voice to text or text to voice simulations, and he's like, "No, this is the voice people know me now. As. People know this is my voice." Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, that's Daniel Lowry speaking of that voice uh, uh, that you hear as well. So that is my voice. Welcome, Daniel. Uh, real Daniel, not yeah. deep fake Daniel. Um, which Mr. You, Van Rysdom, are we done with this yet? <laughs> you wouldn't even believe if we, if we uh, played a fake voice because you know he'd still yeah. say the same crazy things. I probably would. Well, we've got an interesting week uh, of news to look at because we decided there were a couple of events that went on. Um, we had uh, Computex, and then we had the Google I/O event happening. So we said, let's just take a bunch of stories because there's a lot of news that came out of those. Uh, a lot more from Computex. The, the Google news is more sad than anything. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, our first article today comes to us from nextplatform.com. NVIDIA embraces the CPU world with Grace ARM server chip. Grace is the the name of the chip, apparently. And uh, tell us about her, Don. Yeah, so, you know, uh, obviously, you have to be living under a rock to have not have heard about NVIDIA trying to acquire ARM uh, in a $40 billion deal that has since completely fallen through. And so that that didn't happen. Um, and with that, a lot of people are wondering, what, what is NVIDIA going to do? Obviously, they have cornered the graphics card market. NVIDIA GPUs are widely regarded as the best that are out there. And in the world of AI and machine learning, NVIDIA processors are considered some of the best tools available for those types of supercomputers and systems using it. Well, it turns out that, you know, they didn't just give up when the ARM deal fell through. They're continuing on and they are manufacturing ARM processors now. And 
in the past, when we heard about like some of the NVIDIA system on a chips, it was stuff used in like the NVIDIA Shield, the little gaming devices or mobile phones. Now they're releasing full-blown server chips. So these are ones designed to be used in supercomputers. Uh, they're codenamed as, as Grace CPUs, and they've also released a new generation of GPUs, graphic processors called Hoppers. And so they put them together, and it's Grace Hopper, which is a reference back to a... Uh, well, the inventor of COBOL, famous mathematician. And uh, either way, it, it shows that NVIDIA is now entering that market and really doing it in a big way. These are some high-end heavy metal processors, and it it's really just the writings on the wall, right? In the next two to five years, we're going to start seeing NVIDIA processors making it into end-user devices. You see, I thought Hopper was a callback to Sheriff Hopper from Stranger, from Things. Stranger Things, right? Sure. And Grace uh, it must be a season four character. Yeah, obviously. Or the name sure. of the Demogorgon. Or I'm just like obsessed with that series yeah. and what, it's about to start again. Yeah. What you don't know is the Demogorgon. No, it started uh, last week. Did it start last? Yeah. I missed that. I thought it was like in a I, couple of weeks. I didn't know that either. And, you know, the 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 thing, like, would it be a spoiler to talk about the end of season three? I don't think so at this point. The people you're, so you're, uh, from what I understand, you're allowed to... Talk about spoilers as long as you preface it with spoiler, spoiler alert. Hashtag okay. spoiler alert. Right? So spoiler alert for season three. Like at the end of the season, Sheriff Hopper's dead, right? He's no, well, uh, upside uh, down. You, you've you never seen his end? body. Yeah. You, you and never, then they have the yeah. whole scene where in the cell in the Russian prison. I have Yeah, I, I have seen right? the, the trailer for, for season four. and He is alive. He is very much uh, in a Russian prison. Yeah, so so that's a big part of season four, and apparently Nvidia thought so as well. So here we go. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, yeah, you like how we took this <laughs> long winding back. road. Yeah. Have uh, so have people gotten their hands on this chip yet and tested it and seen? Does it live up to the Nvidia name? Not yet. So th this is still all in the Nvidia bubble of secrecy or whatever. So they they just brought it out at Computex. So we get a chance to see it. Uh, it is designed to be deployed in mass. So each CPU has. Uh, Forget it. I think it was 128 cores, 144 cores, which is freaking ridiculous. Uh, and that's just for one of these, what they call the Grace Superchip. And they're designed to be run in tandem with many, many ones. So you can kind of combine them together. They released this new uh, logic that they call a, it's like a CLCX7, which is like a connector chip that allows the CPU and the GPU to directly speak and share the same memory. Uh, so that that's a big deal. I mean, there's a lot so, of amazing cutting edge technology all jammed in this package. You're saying uh, we're basically witnessing the birth of Skynet? Kind of, yeah. I mean, and, and these know. are these are going to be so ridiculously expensive that normal people can't buy them. But if you're building a supercomputer, if you're Pixar or whatever, yeah. you'll be able to get these and really leverage them. It'll be a few years before they they achieve like normal prices that people can afford. Well, humans, we had a good run. Right, we did. this was good. You know, well, it sounds like we have a couple years until. Yeah, you know, this is the wind down period where yeah. we just kind of accept our fate and our, mm -hmm. you know, machine overlords start to yeah. take over the things, and we yeah. we figure out how to live our new lives or not. You've got a couple you years know. to prove your allegiance to the yeah. machines. That's all, and uh, you know that's why I say thank you every time. You know, right. a traffic camera takes my picture at a red light. Uh, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I like to buy random, you know, parts and chips and just ship it to these people and mm -hmm. say, you know, for, for our overlords. Yeah. <laughs> my my tribute. You know, yeah. It reminds me of a famous saying I once heard. Choose. Choose the form of the destructor. Tis true. See, when I'm remote like this, I have my soundboard and we mm -hmm. get to have some real fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gozer? 
Is that her name? Gozer. Yeah, yeah. Gozer the Gozerian. Yeah. Get you every time. I think that the form of the Destructor that we have chosen is the uh, NVIDIA Grace Hopper. NVIDIA, yeah. yeah. It's Grace Hopper. <laughs> yeah. She's, is she dead? Hopper. I don't know. She's dead, right? Oh, she's very dead. Yeah. <laughs> she's <laughs> very dead. She heard David Bowie hanging like out right now. Back in the 1930s, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> All right. Um, Cool. Well, let's look at our next article, uh, also from this same event, uh, and this is from Tom'sHardware.com. AMD intros Zen 4 Ryzen 7000 CPUs and motherboards up to 5.5 gigahertz, 15% plus performance, RDNA 2 graphics. Um, I'm not even going to read the subtitle because it's just a series of letters. Uh, yeah. But that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good times. I'll try. Uh, five point five gigahertz, five nanometer cores, six nanometer IO die, and RDNA two iGPU. Hey, big you're doing stuff. great, Peter. Big stuff. Yeah. How long before we get the zero with nanometer a little more confidence? Cores? Yeah, zero. Yeah, <laughs> is it there? Did yeah, <laughs> like, does it is exist it in the package? I don't yeah. even know. Like that's why that's why chips have to come in that box like Don has here, the oh, Intel right. box, because they're so small yeah. now. We're like, we've got to put it in something. It's, it's Schrodinger's cat inside the. Is it there? I don't yeah. know. It could be and could not. Did be. you pay for it? Yeah, and it's there. <laughs> it's there. So what is it? What is well, this chip? I, I would say, uh, on average, that CPUs like if you physically look at the CPU, they're about the same size that they've been for the last fifteen years, right? Because right. they, as they, as yeah, there's they more processing. The, the die size, they're they're adding in more cores, they're adding in more memory on the on the chip package itself, and so like all the other components are growing to fill that space. So they they still kind of take the same so, space. So the question is, how small could you make like a Pentium? Yeah. Like, could you take like, that just the same level of computing power Pentium. and said, I'm going to just make this now? now they're going, what like, are we going to do with all this extra room? Oh, yeah. well, throw some memory in there. Oh, it's like oh, what a Raspberry is time. now, yeah. probably. All right. So oh, I'm sure. I looked up Raspberry today and they were like $182. What? Is that because of the chip shortage? Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Well, we have gone away from this AMD article, but, but Don, tell us about, about this new, uh, the Zen 4. Uh, so it's pretty impressive. And I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of AMD CPUs, right? So I'm an Intel guy. That that i9 box there is is actually from the CPU in the computer. Well, actually, in the computer that I'm using right at this very moment. Um, so, you know that that's that's firmly the camp that I'm in. But this processor is really impressive. So this is the new 7000 series generation uh, of uh, AMD processors. You know, in in Intel, we're up to the 12th generation. So that's why all the Intel processors are 12 followed by three digits. Well, AMD is in the 7000 series. So these will all be seven followed by whatever. Uh, it's part of their Zen 4 architecture, and it is really impressive. I mean, 5.5 gigahertz per core is a, a really high speed because we haven't seen a whole lot of increase in that area. Uh, like, I think my, actually, hang on, I got to see what my processor is. I think I'm at like 3.2 gigahertz uh, for mine. So, you know, that'd be significantly above that. Uh, but even compared to Intel's latest i9, they're showing a 15% improvement over performance. So this is a big win for AMD because they're they're constantly battling that, right? Being the number two to Intel. And they made some big gains in the gaming world. Now they're trying to move into the rest and make it where like, hey, if you're going to build a, a high performance workstation, you want an AMD processor. And this this new chip delivers. Would you say that this is the... Maybe the gateway drug for you into AMD have have they sufficiently surpassed Intel and their capabilities? Like, what is it that makes you an Intel person? Uh, I would assume it was because they were better chips. Are they still better chips even with this performance? Uh, yeah. So what 
what made me an Intel person was the work that I do on servers. And on servers, like I could see things like uh, uh, building SQL indexes and things like that, that I could measure in time and compare that to AMD performance and see that I was getting better performance on Intel. Like just mathematical operations were running better on Intel's. And you know, you fast forward to today where your graphics process is doing a lot of your work, so your CPU doesn't matter as much anymore. I, I probably could move to AMD, but AMD is really proud of these new chips. And in many cases, they actually cost more than their Intel counterparts. Mm. And so they, they're they putting a, a convincing argument out there, but not enough to make me flip sides yet. Yeah, because for me, one of the big selling points on an AMD chip was the price. Yeah, you weren't getting as good, but it was it was in the same ballpark at least as far as performance went. At least for the things that I do, and I thought if I can save a few bucks, who am I to argue, right? So if I'm losing yeah. that that cost and I don't need that high high level of performance, I would probably go with an Intel as well. But um, hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and and that's AMD still makes chips that are in that low and mid range too. So you can still save money and buy an yeah. AMD processor and get it in there and. And if, if what you're looking to do is game and the games are directly supported by AMD, then yeah, you know, you'll, you'll see good performance out of that. But for general workloads and things, I, I still rely on Intel. Well, there you go. Me too. Or <laughs> whatever they put you in. You got an M1 machine. in yours, don't you? No, I don't. I got it oh, right before get, yeah. the M1. Oh, that was a serendipitous thing. Failed miserably. <laughs> Speaking of, I had to look up, you know, because while well, you guys are talking about chips, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I looked up the, the box there and it did confirm that is a dodecahedron. Uh, huh. the the container there yeah there, there it is the i9 is. box that uh, that, that Don brought thing. in down front it's blue next to the red hat and the, the DeLorean <laughs> yeah by the way also known as a twelve sided die yeah they are um, coming out with the new DeLorean uh, did you hear that it's like, the, the, there's grumblings that there will be a remake of Back to the Future no. I, I heard Bob Zemeckis was like, "That will never." He happen. said no. Yeah, yeah but uh, but no. I don't know who owned. You know, yeah, it's probably right? I think owned by Amblin. Or... Actually, I think he owns it. Wow. But you know, or Universal. Enough money comes in. Yeah. Throwing us your table, you never know what they'll yeah. do. Suddenly, Bob Zemeckis was killed, <laughs> and the next week, how come? He found a handwritten note transferring ownership of Back to the Future Weird, properties yeah. to Universal Studios. Where was <laughs> Biff when this happened? <laughs> yeah. No one knows. Uh, but the DeLorean electric vehicle is coming out no uh, like next week or something. I think they're going to release There's it. a On their homepage, there's a four-day countdown four day. timer right now. No also, stinking it's, way. Uh, well, now four days, eight hours. Well, now and, we're caught on on how we're recording this early. Yeah, you just oh, you yeah, just outed us, Don. Oh, there's a negative uh. two day timer. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oh man. That's why I had to tell you guys that Stranger Things came out last weekend. It comes out tomorrow. Oh, son of a. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't watch it yet, Daniel? Tell us, because <laughs> you should have. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, damn it. Uh, All right, so are up. we uh, are we revision uh, doing revisionist history yeah. now, or are we going to continue to no, lie? Let's keep or going. Break the. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 we're doing some studio upgrades. We are. Yep. And so we we said let's record this one early. There it is. Well, there Cats we go. Out of the bag. We're out. It's fine. Are we are we good on the uh, the AMD board? Should we move on? There was there were yeah. two more announcements. Yeah, because the, the next one's kind of tied to it. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, well, this one is from PC Gamer, which we've talked a million times about how that drives so much of, of the uh, the hardware. Uh, AMD confirms first PCIe 5.0 SSDs will launch alongside Zen 4. So the Zen 4 we just talked about, now we've got, uh, what's, what's the big deal here, the, the 5.0 part of it? Yeah, so back in December, we reported on PCIe 5.0. Uh, actually, I think it was November, maybe. It was it was a while ago, six months ago. We reported on the new PCIe 5.0 standard, how it was certified. But it would be a while before we'd be able to run it because drives had to be updated, motherboards, which have your storage controller, has to be updated, and the processor has to be updated. They all have to support PCIe 5.0. Well, fast forward to now, and we're finally there. So... As of today, you can actually order a processor, a motherboard, and storage that will support PCIe 5.0, and you will get mind-numbing speeds uh, being able to write to your storage. Uh, it basically gives you 24 lanes of data transfer between your system, you know, your software, memory, whatever, and your storage, which is pretty darn impressive by itself. Uh, obviously, that's why your, your processor and other things have to support it. Uh, your graphics cards will be able to come in a PCIe 5.0 package, so it'll increase your graphics bandwidth as well. Uh, and you should get a, what they're saying is, a 60% performance improvement over current storage. So if disk is your, your bottleneck, which it is for most people, that's a pretty big improvement. So a lot of times we talk about new hardware and you say like, well, why would I upgrade? You know, mm -hmm. is, is it really worth it? Well, this one, if you're trying to get fast storage, this is worth it. All right, let me make an argument for it not being worth it. You know okay. that uh, how when you're like transferring files, you're waiting for the computer to do something, you have that time to watch like, you know, YouTube. <laughs> and now that's cutting into my time. My mental health is going to go crazy because now I'm like uh, efficient. <laughs> These things are going <laughs> fast. <laughs> I remember I used to go downstairs and get a snack right. while my Commodore 64 was loading a game. I need slower PCs, Don. <laughs> like, load it, go make a sandwich, yeah. come back, play a game. You could still live life and use your computer. Yeah. Now you're just you're, safe to it. Uh, you know, we were talking about that the other day. Like, when I was a kid, a commercial would come on, and that was the chance for you to run and go to the bathroom yeah. or get a snack. And and now Catheters. the show just keeps going. Catheters. And if you're watching it with more than one person, nobody wants to pause. And, yeah. and right. when do you get your snacks? That's yeah, why there's so, so many catheter uh, commercials on the shows I'm watching. <laughs> do you like polished or unpolished catheters? <laughs> just, Wilford Brimley's selling yeah. the hell out of them. I'm, I'm buying used still. I have to. <laughs> you're getting on the eBay market. What I, can buy. <laughs> I got this on Craigslist. Yeah. I mean, I cleaned it. I boiled it. It's still good. This, these, no, these are Craig's old catheters. <laughs> It's a guy I know, his list of yeah, catheters. Yeah. Um, Don, you mentioned the number of uh, lanes, I think you said, what, 24? Mm -hmm. So as someone not in the know, how does that relate to what are, what are we used to now? Uh, so it depends on what PCIe standard you have. Uh, I want to say PCIe 4 has 16 lanes, but let me look that up real okay, quick. Okay, so it's like a 33% improvement. Uh it is a, oh, it depends on the generation of PCI, blah, blah, blah. So uh, looks like 16, okay. just with my quick search. So, uh, so you know, a bit of a bump up there. And, you know, think of lanes just like you would on the highway. The, the more lanes you have, the more cars can be going side by side, which means more data. Now, is this, is this uh, you know, 16 lanes going this way and, and, and eight this way? Are they all... <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in in this case, they uh, it's just total lanes altogether. They go both ways. Right. So, 
they go both ways. Yeah. Like on the like the Golden Gate Bridge, I remember when we were there, we saw they had that uh, they changed the lanes at at different times a day. That's crazy. Yeah, on some of them, people coming in yeah. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. Okay, I don't think they, I saw that. So they have the the rubber barrier, or plastic barrier, yeah, or whatever that's over. full of cement, and they they built a special vehicle that goes through and it moves it. So they have these two lanes that can be what is it uh, northbound yeah. at one point and southbound at the other. Yeah, this thing drives down the middle. This like specialized truck that's like scooting the things over to the other side. No way. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, gotta, I mean, that's kind of smart. So that increases cool. the amount of lanes for yeah. one way of traffic. Yeah, because so they're saying the afternoon when you're afternoon, rush everyone's hour. going out of right. You know, San Fran back up. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah, you, you can go on YouTube and see a video of it. Like I, we actually watched the truck one day as it was going through. It's kind of like a zipper in a way. It's just like yeah. moving the the so barriers. The autobahn kind of does something similar, where they have lanes that are shut off, but when traffic increases or if there's an accident, they can literally from a control panel. Mm open up new lanes and close off the lane that has an accident or a stopped vehicle and everybody just shucks. I mean, it, it is it's much more efficient. Really sure. cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've never seen the Autobahn's technology and how they run that and how the material they make out of it. Uh, so, so it's porous that so the water drains away. You don't have slick conditions. That thing is a modern Marvel. Totally check that out. Super cool stuff. I'm assuming you just watched modern Marvel. I probably did. History channel. <laughs> and that's where- and I and I just checked. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, it's called the Golden Gate Road Zipper. Oh, so you're right uh, on the zipper thing. Yeah. Yep. So if you if you Google or go on YouTube, look for Golden Gate Zipper. <laughs> Getting a lot of random knowledge today, in addition to the things we're actually covering. But our next Don't article search for the San Francisco Zipper. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> no, yeah, that's in the Tenderloin. Right? I've been there. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Cover charge is out of control. Yeah, and that minimum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next article comes to us from TheVerge.com. Corsair's first-ever gaming laptop has a touch bar, 10 easy-access customizable S-key shortcut buttons. And when I think gaming laptops, I think either either homemade systems or Alienware, stuff like that. Um, so Corsair is saying, hey, we're getting in on this, and went the way of—they uh, said enough people have made fun of, of the MacBook. I want to do this, too, with the touch bar. Well, you know— I've made fun of the Mac touch bar quite a bit, but I like this and there's a few reasons for it. Uh, Corsair, if you're not familiar with them, they're an interesting company because they they originally did like memory and flash drives and then they've been branching out over the years, adding more and more things. Uh, they acquired a company called Elgato and Elgato makes TV capture cards, uh, streaming stuff. And more importantly, they make what's called the Stream Deck, which is a little button macro system that I use the Which hell out of uh, my, my little soundboard right here that lets me do amazing things like play Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> there we go. That's my Elgato stream deck. That's doing that. So it's a series of programmable buttons and each one's its own little LCD. So I can put a different picture on each button. So I so I'm bar. able to, to set up macros and short keys and things like that. Well, Corsair has basically acquired enough companies at this point. That they said, you know what? time for us to make our own laptop. And so this is their first laptop, which actually translates to don't buy this. Uh, you know, no, no company puts out a good first product. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but they said, we're going to make a laptop. It's going to be pretty sweet. So it's a gaming laptop. It's got a Radeon RX 6000 video card in it. So it's, it's fairly, fairly beefy. Uh, but they built basically short but, uh, shortcut buttons uh, that are based on the Elgato Stream Deck. So you use the same Stream Deck software that I use to manage my physical buttons with the buttons that are on this keyboard. And more importantly, 
they didn't get rid of the function keys to do it. Oh. You still have a physical escape key and F1 through F12s. So you have all that stuff that you normally have. These are in addition to it. And if you close the lid of the laptop, you can still see these extended buttons and you can still use them. It's pretty, pretty neat. That Apple doesn't cool. do that. No, I have, an, I have an escape key, but that's, that's the end of it. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's a little nice, though. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Even, even Apple's recognized that that touch bar was not useful. And so, you know, they've, they've phased out on the newest models. My, my uh, MacBook doesn't have a touch bar. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they offer it at all on the newer ones. But uh, uh, but the problem there, I think, was more how Apple chose to do it. Like it was so difficult to do custom actions inside of the bar, and the bar is actually pretty small. This one looks fairly big. These are these are our large buttons, and you should be able to program them to do darn near anything. I I launch yeah. Perl scripts with mine. It looks as tall as the uh, as the physical keyboard buttons, whereas yeah. on my Mac here, it's you know maybe half. about half the size. Yeah, yeah I'd say. Yeah. So yeah, that that would be more efficient. I mean, honestly, I've got this touch bar, and it is it is used to adjust volume and brightness, as far as I'm well, concerned. Well, and, and if, I think if you look at what Corsair is doing with their touch bar, is basically building in Stream Deck capabilities. That's different than what Apple was trying to do with their touch bar, at least in philosophy. What's like right? save space? I don't know about saving space, but like they they giving you these shortcut buttons. So that you can, if you're like a gamer and you do mm -hmm. streaming, you're buying a gaming laptop and now you have all that stuff built in. It's like an all-in-one solution. And of course, you can use it for other things, but that's kind of like, at least what it seems, the idea behind it came from. So, you know, so it wasn't well, to be put Beavis and Butthead no. sounds specifically? <laughs> well, yes, because when you're doing your Twitch stream or whatever, yeah, true. you can reach up and do your thing while you're still gaming and having a good time. You know. Apple did theirs the hardest way possible. They said, all right, we want a touch bar. So here's what we'll do. We'll take the logic from an iPad and pare that down. And so it's basically a full freaking iPad right there on the touch yeah. bar. And then we'll we'll write a protocol so our desktop can talk to it and people can use an API to be able to reach out and interact with it. And, and, and like they just made it super complex and super expensive. Remember, it was a $300 option when it first launched. Versus this, where it, it's practically a USB keyboard. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, you know, a USB device that shows up and the the software lets you program it or you can program it other ways where it just responds on keyboard stroke. So really simple to interact with and not a terribly expensive thing to add. So I, I think it's a neat addition. Yeah. Well, I would say if Apple is anything like Google, uh, the touch bar will be coming back very soon. Um, <laughs> they'll, what they'll do is they'll make just one big touch bar. That'll be the whole thing. That'll be the whole thing. You might get like a key yeah. as well. Yeah, like one key down at the bottom. But let's let's uh, let's talk about that story from Google I.O. in just a moment. Let's first take a quick break. Be right back on Technated with Don Pizzette. So you've tried online IT training, but it's boring, out of date, and pricey. Well, IT Pro TV is always engaging, always fresh, and plans start at just $29 a month. It's online IT training that doesn't suck. Start today at ITPro.tv. My name is Dana Morrison. I'm the IT Director at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. I work with two technicians, Buddha and Anthony. We cover all grades at the school. We figure that we support approximately 800 end-user devices. My name is Buddha Nepal. I work as IT support here and AV specialist. I moved into IT department and and, and our first meeting, other team members asked me, hey, what's your IT background? And I was like, I don't have any. 
we have this SharePoint project that we're rolling out. So I was able to go to IT Pro TV and um, watch. And by the end of this month, we were actually migrating all our files to SharePoint. I can use IT Pro TV's uh, supervisor portal to check the progress of my technicians so I can see what they're looking at. So when we were doing SharePoint training, I can go in and I can see that Buddha is hitting on that content. I really want to see hands-on how they do things. And if there was an IT Pro TV, I don't know how I would have done that. IT Pro TV has given us the ability to level up our technicians to a point where they can decide, this is important for me to learn and go out and learn. At home, I have Apple TV and there is an app there. And so I actually watch on Apple TV. I, I watch it in my iPad too. Saturday mornings, I still get up early. 6.30, I go grab a cup of coffee, I sit down on the couch, and I typically watch two or three episodes uh, as I just kind of increase my own learning skill set. I would recommend IT Pro TV uh, to any IT team that is looking to extend their knowledge. Uh, it offers a great, easy to access, interactive, entertaining uh, environment. It's just a great tool uh, for any IT professional. All right, welcome back to TechNATO with Don Pizzette, and I think that about wraps up our first half where we're looking at the news from Computex, uh, but that wasn't the only show in town. Uh, well, I don't know what town it was in, honestly. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, last week, we also had Google I.O., which is, was that in person again? Do you know, Don? Uh, I, everything I saw was recorded, but I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they yeah, did they it in person. I didn't, I didn't even look. Well, I know Microsoft was still doing their events. Um, Ironically, Don was there in person. Don was there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not here in person, but he was there. That's where he is. Yeah. yeah. They were. You know, it, I used to get so excited about Google I.O. And then, because they, they used to, well, right, we're about to talk about some of this, but they, they would bring out all these new products and their gift bag was just known mm. for being the best. If you went to Google I.O., you were going to get some really sweet swag. Uh, but about... Five years ago, that really started to change, and it became where going in person was no different than watching online. So I, I haven't even entertained the idea of physically going. Yeah. Well, uh, this was an interesting one. This this article from Ars Technica kind of sums up uh, what went on, and and it's not it's not the best light here. It says Google's past failures were on full display at I/O 2022. All of your favorite <laughs> dead products from the past are back, and it really is. I I, I mean, I, I went through this whole thing and was like. Yeah, that died. That they, died. They become that the died. movie inst uh, industry where they're like, let's take old ideas and just put a fresh yeah. coat of paint on it and call it new. Yeah, like we. <laughs> so we've got we've uh, we've we've got the tablets. Um, we've got Android watches coming back. Uh, we've got Google Glass, which they just said, hey, let's let's just make this uglier, <laughs> and, and they did. Uh, and Google Wallet, which was. Yeah, it was Google Wallet, then Android, Android Pay, then Google Pay, and now Google Wallet again. Hmm. So that, that yeah. basically sums it up, right? Yep. So I knew Google I.O. was going to happen, and I was expecting to have at least one or two products come out of it that we could talk about. Usually they do something with their Chromebooks. They've got that Fuchsia OS that's been kind of sitting on the sidelines for a while. Uh, there, there's been talk about a lot of really great things coming down the line. Uh, Microsoft integrating the ability to run Android tablets on or, and, ah, Android apps on Windows 11. I figured there'd be some exciting things. 
And there really weren't. This was like deja news. If we wanted to throw it into a segment, uh, it was like <laughs> stepping into a time machine, into like maybe a DeLorean in, in only four days. Uh, <laughs> so it it really was just bizarre. It, it was shocking to me. And effectively, they're they're stepping up and they're saying, "Look, we launched all these products and we let them all die. We we didn't support them. We just cut them off. We didn't do what we wanted to do." Now we're going to step back in and try and do it right. But they're they're starting over from scratch. And so they're behind the competition pretty far. Uh, the tablet they announced was really lackluster. And I used to, I mean, I was a diehard Android tablet user for many years. Uh, I still say my Asus Transformer, that TF-101 that I had, was one of the best devices I've had in my my computing career. Well, it sounds like they're uh, trying to compete with like the Amazon Fire tablets there that are pretty bare bones but but cheap as hell yeah they are yeah yeah and maybe maybe that's it maybe that's the market they're going for but it's hard to get excited about that like here it's a, right. a low-end tablet wonderful amazon tab or you know yeah like you said tablet. tablet yeah they're great I, I bought a fire tablet and it was like it's like disposable. 40 bucks yeah you know? i'm like why it's got ads on this you got rid of that junk <laughs> but you know if you look at an, an uh, amazon tablet the fire you can say well Amazon's been putting those out for what, 10 years now? Yeah. And and they're not they're not going anywhere. They're committed. They're behind yeah. it versus yeah. Google where they released the Pixel tablet, uh waited 3 years before releasing their next one, uh, which I've even forgotten what it was called. They killed it off within 1 year. I guess the Pixel 2. <laughs> for the last 3 years they have not had a tablet at all. No tablet, no tablet OS updates, just nothing. Samsung's been really doing most of the Android tablet updates. Google's focused on the Chromebook. They they abandoned all these other products, and now they're bringing them back. Well, as a consumer, do you want to buy that? Do you want to take that risk and say, all right, well, I, I bet – I bet they'll support this tablet this time. <laughs> like I, what I you, bet I'll yeah. get timely updates. That's like what you were saying about the Corsair laptop. Like, don't buy the first gen. Well, also don't buy something if they've got a track record of, of not really supporting it. But you mentioned Samsung. And was it – is it the watch here that that is a uh, a partner um, deal with Samsung? Uh, the watch – I know, like, Google and Samsung had a bit of a, a tiff a while back. And – uh, Samsung had a threatened to abandon quote. the Google platform for their watches, and they were working on what was it called Tizen or something like that. I, I don't. Do you remember Daniel? What no. their weird OS was? I do not recall. I want to say it was called Tizen. I shouldn't say was. They still support it. It's used in the refrigerators and washing machines. <laughs> so, <laughs> that just made me but, think of uh, Silicon Valley that episode where Guilfoyle hacked the uh, the refrigerator. I remember. Yeah, go watch that one. That's fun. <laughs> I've not seen that one. Oh, but I did just find it in the article, though. Samsung is dumping Tizen, it says, uh, and they're going to start using the... There it is. Yeah. It'll be the New, next uh, dead thing they wheel out on a on a slab. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Remember three years ago when yeah. you killed Tizen? It's it, back with Tizen too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I really, I, I used to use a ton of Google hardware and over the last few years, not just with their hardware, but even their software, it's become so difficult to trust whether or not Google is going to maintain something that uh, it's just, I, I try and steer clear of it, to be honest with you. I will say, even though it's just a rehash of what they had before and doesn't seem to be as feature rich, the Google Glass, I watched the little video in the article here uh, and they show it. Um, used in a translation capacity where people can talk and 
and then I would see the transcript of what they're saying in my native tongue, which is pretty cool. And it actually, um, like they showed it in, as a use case too for uh, for people with with hearing problems that can actually get a, a transcript of what the people around them are saying, even if it's in the same language. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I could see that as, as a neat feature, yep. um, but not not necessarily the mass appeal. It's either, you know, if you're traveling all the time or if you're, uh, you've are you got a special use case for that. It, and at least the image that's here in this, I don't know if that's the last one or the new one, but that's ugly as sin. <laughs> uh, that, that yeah, it looks like safety glasses. It does. It really does. But you know, the, like in the video, wear. the ones in the video look cool. They look like, you know, Wayfarers or, or like yeah. the Ray-Bans with just clear lenses. But uh, but who knows what they're going with. But, yeah, so. I had heard that it was, so when the uh, Google Glass came out, I, I couldn't verify this. Yeah, the original Google Glass and, like, a bunch of hipsters in, you know, large urban areas like New York City and Chicago yeah. and stuff were, like, all hot and bothered about it. Never read it. I want this. I want this. And then Google was only, it was like by invite only that you could get them for a certain time. And that just, some hipster one day said, I'll fix this problem. Google Glass is dumb. <laughs> it's just stupid. And then every every hipster went, yeah, Google Glass is stupid. And that was their approach. Goodbye, Google Glass. That was their approach. Like <laughs> Gmail, remember when yeah. that was invite only in the beginning? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. I had to get an invite to get my yeah, Gmail like, account. On. Come on. Yep. Now, with Google Glass, though, when they killed it, like they really killed it. I, I have a pair of Google Glass sitting in my office right now. Like Don had to buy the lie. <laughs> you can't. You can't use it at all. Like you can't. It does. Okay. It needs to phone home now. or Once something. Once they turned off yeah. the cloud servers, it's dead. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I wonder if anybody has like gotten yeah. into hacking exactly. old Google Glass and like creating their own cloud service for it to like repurpose it. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'll have to look into that. Well, no need because it's back. I <laughs> yeah. wonder. I wonder if you can. I still fire feel like there's up. a need. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I wonder if you can fire it back up and 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 uh, get on this this new service. But uh, I don't know. It's ten year old hardware now. Yeah, but again, it didn't seem to do anything new in the new one. So uh, it's just Google <laughs> that's Glass. That's kind of the point. I remember Google Glass? It doesn't do anything new, but it needs a special AI yeah. chip now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Because AI, it's got the uh, it's got a touch bar now. Yeah, it's an iPad. <laughs> it's just taped to the top. If you like playing heads up, it's kind of like it's that. like that. It's exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah. So so. Uh, not the best review of Google I.O. there from Ars Technica, but seems to be pretty accurate based on on what came out. All right, well, let's take a look at one more article today. Uh, this is from uh, Frame.Work, which is the blog for Framework, the uh, computer manufacturer. And this says, introducing the new and upgraded Framework framework laptop and i mean that's the whole point of framework that it is new and upgraded all the time because you can uh swap things in and out so but my question is is all this new stuff compatible with the old ones or is this a new like base that that you have to build off of that's that's the big question right because several companies have offered upgradable laptops in the past none of them have made it to a second generation right uh razor dell a few others where they would release the first modular laptop, but then they would never follow up on it, mm. right? Well, Framework has actually stepped up to the table, and this is the first time I have seen this. So uh, it's not necessarily an upgrade you want to do. If you have a current Framework laptop, then it's got like an 11th gen Intel in it. Well, the new one has a 12th gen Intel. And you can actually buy the, the reduced size motherboard, you know, just the portion with the processor and the memory slots, and you can upgrade your your framework laptop right now. You can actually do it. And the prices aren't 
extortionate. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you keep the same case, keep the same monitor, Don't you have the same modules, these? just swap out that board, you and now you're on a 12th gen Intel. Uh, it's the, the first time I've seen somebody where they actually delivered on that promise. Now, I don't think it makes sense to upgrade from one generation to another, but if you skip a generation, like going from an 11th gen to a 13th gen, that would be a bigger deal. Yeah. Uh, but just the fact that they did it is That's what's cool. really impressive here. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that because, right, if you just bought like an 11th gen last year or whatever, why would you then move to 12? Some people like to stay on the bleeding edge, and but it just seems like a, a money waste. So, yeah, wait until the 13th gens come out, and now you're doing like a, a significant upgrade and not just getting, yeah. like, you know, that's what you want. You want to see those but, leaps of improvement. But from their side, they they could have said, well, nobody's going to want to go from 11 to 12, so we're not going to make them fully compatible. No, they've got markers. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> they did. And they also introduced some other new things. Like they're, they're currently working on a 2.5 gigabit uh, Ethernet adapter to be able to pop onto the laptop. Uh, and that will be compatible with both the original motherboards and the new ones. So you'll be able to leverage that. So they they really are putting their money where their mouth is. They're stepping forward and delivering a truly upgradable machine. And I, I commend them for that. Yeah, it's totally cool. I remember I saw, um, I think it was the guy from Linus Tech Tips and he had did, uh, right? Is, 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 that, is yeah. that the, yeah. And he did a review on it and he was like, I liked it so much. He actually invested his own money into it. So he hmm. is, I think, a major stakeholder in the framework is it the framework? I want to say it's the framework. Could be wrong. Yeah. Don't don't quote me, but look it up. No, I I had a framework stuff. laptop for a little while. Yeah, so I was asking I, about. Do you still have that or? I, I don't. I I liked it. It was good. I had some problems with the screen resolution. So it you know it's not a sixteen by nine screen, and because I create training videos, I need a sixteen by nine screen. So that's why I got rid of it. It's just not an option. Uh, but everything else about it was great. It, it really was a, a good laptop. It's funny. We run into that a lot as doing the training mm -hmm. at IT Pro TV is like to get things to look really good on camera. That's a really weird edge case that we just happen to have. And so it kind of limits us and what is usable in the studio. But I would assume that like Don and correct me if I'm wrong, your experience as a home user with it was probably pretty phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, because it was it was small and light, and the fans weren't that loud. Like System seventy six, you know, they make oh, custom yeah. laptops, noisy as hell. Every yeah. single one of them, They're yeah, just we, the we, noisiest we things on the planet. Right? Uh, the Framework one, really compact, really quiet. Uh, it, it it's a good laptop. Nice. Now, as far as its longevity, they've only been selling them for a year and a half, two years now. So we still have to wait and see how long they're going to last. Uh, but. Look at some of the big guys like Microsoft. If you have a Surface tablet and it's lasted more than three years, you must be a magician, right? <laughs> like that hardware just doesn't go beyond three years. But uh, uh, but we'll see if the framework can. I'll tell you what. I, I know what drawer in my house my original Microsoft Surface tablet is sitting in. I should pull that. Well, yeah. Make sure I don't connect it to my home network because I'm sure it would just be immediately hacked by everything because I haven't upgraded it. You know, Windows yeah, yeah. In, in years on it because it's been off. But, I should start uh, a recycling center because there's so many things. I liked repurposing stuff. Yeah. Like I'll grab, I have like 10 and 15 year old laptops that I'll go, let me see what I can do with this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, what's cool on, the, on this, if you go down to the very bottom of this framework article, it has uh, some images and it, it's saying what people have done then with those old motherboards, uh, ways they've uh, creatively repurposed them, putting it into some old uh, old hardware. Um, those were cool. Yeah. So that, that's something cool to yeah. check out. And, and if you do, like you said, go upgrade from 11 to 12, you know, you still got that perfectly working weatherboard you can do yep. something fun with. 
Yeah. And, and it's not just people who have old ones. They, all of the parts, of their laptops are for sale in their store and you can buy just the motherboard. Well, when you do that, I mean, it's a full Intel CPU, it's got USB ports and so on. Like you can build custom devices. So the, the maker community has started 3d printing things and building some really cool devices. Yeah. Very neat. Cool stuff. They're a handy out. bunch out there in that maker community. Well, they... where did your framework uh, go, Don? Is it in a drawer or is it sold? No, we, we issued it out to an employee. Oh. Yeah, because like the, the 16 by 9 resolution, that's just an issue for the on-camera people. Yeah, but the computer. Uh, but for, for team members not on camera, it's fine. Did you have to put like a uh, an asset tag on all the modules? Because <laughs> otherwise those are going on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> We did joke about that. Ultimately, we put just one asset tag on it. Like, yeah. Let's just open the case yeah. and put one on the motherboard. So just. this broke. <laughs> yeah. One thing I did do, when you buy the framework laptop, they actually include a framework screwdriver that you can use to, to nice. take everything apart. I, I took that out of the box. I didn't. <laughs> we didn't issue that to the employee. Yeah, does the employee even yeah, know yeah. that they've they got this that. Uh, yeah. like customizable, upgradable computer? Probably not. Uh, no, I don't think they do. That's funny. Yeah. Like those modules fell out at a train station. Yeah. What, what is this computer? It's a listed on eBay somehow. It's a Frama work. <laughs> yeah. Frama. It was. It was one of our uh, uh, one of our account reps that travels a lot. And they needed they a thin, know. light yeah. laptop, and the framework was perfect for it. Nice. Yeah, they have no idea. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, I want to let you know about a couple of uh, webinars coming up. First of all, we have uh, another one of those uh, security, all things cybersecurity uh, uh, webinars with Daniel Lowry taking place with Zach Hill. And that is June 16th uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Head over to itpro.tv slash webinars and you can uh, register for that one uh, and all the upcoming webinars after that, like the one Right after that, June 23rd, which is the future of project management, what's to come for PMP and CAPM exams with Chris Ward. Uh, check that one out there as well. And then why don't you head over to uh, technado.com or technado, as we like to uh, advertise as well. Uh, see all the latest episodes, uh, meet the team responsible, send in some listener mail, tell us what you have done with your framework computer or how much you love Google Glass. Uh, or <laughs> hit that big orange button in the corner that says sponsored by IT Pro TV and you can get a coupon code for 30% off the lifetime of your personal membership to IT Pro TV. You can also request a team trial and find all the great features available to teams uh, all right there from it pro tv at technado.com did you memorize that like much, <laughs> you yeah. man i've been saying it for you are 250 good, episodes sir. it feels like <laughs> they haven't given me a new copy because no. i wrote it um so don it's it's next week you're at rsa correct uh yes yeah so next week <laughs> <I'm thinking laughs> there. secrecy yeah. has been removed are you taking your new delorean <laughs> if, uh, if you're in attendance things. be sure to look for our session it is tuesday at 2 20 p.m pacific tuesday? monday monday is it monday i thought it was monday oh, now, now you got me wondering I thought you got your uh, other meetings on tuesday it's one of those I know, days. So many different things. Uh, so it is Monday, June sixth. There we go. At it's going to be a line. PM. Yeah. Uh, we'll be doing a roundtable where we're talking about uh, the job, the the talent shortage in the cybersecurity industry. Yeah, John Hammond, uh, John Strand, Rita Gurevich, uh, all former. Technado get well. Have we had John Strand? Yeah, Technado? we've had, we played like uh, backdoors and breaches with. Yeah, him. so he wasn't on here, but we've he, had him we've on had stuff, him on yeah. before. But yeah, all um, all going to be there on that. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a recording afterwards. We can share out as well because um, that'd be cool for you guys all to see. 
All right. Well, travel safely, Don, and uh, and Daniel, stay here uh, safely. Godspeed to you. And uh, yeah, and have you uh, watched Deja Vu on the plane, Don? Maybe. Yeah. Or I'll see what I can do about or Stranger that. Things season four. Either way, and we will see you all next week right here on Technado with Don Pizzette.